Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com slash running. New Balance. Run your way. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine, and this is episode 142. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. This week, digital editor Alex is back in her home county in a special podcast showcasing Yorkshire produce. First up, she chats to Murray Wilson, head chef at Hotel Restaurant at Reading Park, about how he uses unique veg grown in the kitchen garden in his dishes. Then she travels up to the Yorkshire Dales, where Rosebud Preserve's founder, Elspeth Biltoft, introduces her to the producers that make their jams and pickles so special, from ale to slow gin, rhubarb to elderflower. So, hi, it's Alex here, and I'm at Horto in Rudding Park, chatting to head chef Murray Wilson. Hello. Hello, good evening. Uh, So, Murray, along with uh, the kitchen gardener, Adrian Reeve, they have an amazing on-site kitchen garden and as you say on the website you try to model your dishes around the veg where possible not the protein obviously sometimes that's not possible um and this is a theory that we really love um at olive because it's being adopted more and more as the world veers towards flexitarian and environmentally conscious diets um so how does this way of assembling a menu guide your choices uh, so obviously the first thing to say is that the the produce it's kind of a produce-led kitchen so that in terms of it might change from day to day, it might change from week to week as to what we can get from the garden. Um, so that in itself like brings its uh, challenges and rewards as well. But it's quite nice being able to ask Adrian to grow certain things or just have him turn up with certain things. It's quite fun sometimes. Oh, yeah. Stuff, stuff like what that. can you so, do yeah. with this? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's also quite frustrating sometimes. But, you know, it's also mainly fun. Anything really niche he's turned up with? Um, wasabi recently we got some Ooh, like a small Yorkshire amount of wasabi. wasabi well yeah we've grown it here so yeah that's amazing what did you make with that um, we just garnished the, one of the dishes with it one of the snacks with it uh, but there wasn't a lot, so we only used it for maybe half of a service. Oh, so, very, very yes. lucky punters that yes, day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what are your favourite vegetables to cook with? Um, carrots. Um, carrots. Boring. I love but carrots. I really like no, carrots. No, they're not boring. Um, 
Oh, Jerusalem artichokes as well. Oh, lovely. Uh, both of which we uh, grow grow on site. So carrots, What do you grow um, all types of carrots? Purple, yellow? Yep, just different like heritage varieties, different colours, different shapes. It makes it a bit more interesting as opposed to your bog standard orange carrot. Well, but bog standard orange carrots are very good as well. <laughs> Sometimes they are, yes, if they're grown well, which we do. So. Yeah. And what's the best thing you've ever done with a carrot? <laughs> oh, well, I don't, I don't think we should answer that question. Um, <laughs> uh, we used to cook it quite slowly in duck fat um, Ooh, so it, it turned it really like meaty uh, kind of altered the flavour altered the texture almost to like a mash but it held really nicely as a carrot uh, I believe we served that with, with some local hoggart we found that it just it binded all things really nicely together oh brilliant yeah and what about the artichokes true some artichokes um, j-chokes are really good because they're like they're quite j-chokes j-chokes is Love what we that. call them yeah um, just chef <laughs> <laughs> chefy hack there um they're quite versatile so you can bake them you can puree them you can velute them you can make them into an ice cream and stuff like that which sounds odd but it's actually quite Ooh, no quite i've nice. actually had you some artichoke ice cream before yeah. i don't know where um but I, f- I think a few places have done it mm-hmm. so one of my chefs claim he invented invented it but really that was the same week that as it came out in three books so <laughs> okay. you know cheers dom <laughs> I was going to say we won't name names, but you've just named I've them. I've just so named them. Great. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as I was saying a little bit, Adrian grows plenty of heritage varieties, yeah. doesn't he? So what other ones apart from carrots does he? Uh, so he's big on tomatoes, um, which is ironic because I, I've heard I you hate, hate yeah. tomatoes. Um, you, why? Oh, they're just horrible. They're just fruit of the devil for me. Interesting. But, um, okay. It doesn't prevent us from using them because obviously I think 99.9% of people really like them. Um, so it's really nice, like late summer, getting all the different tomatoes from him. And uh, we normally do like a tomato, fresh tomatoes with tomato water and some homemade cheese. It's just it's one of the snacks we do. It's just really light and fresh. It's a really nice way to start the dinner. Lovely. Garnish with some like uh, oregano and marjoram from the garden as well. Yeah, because I did see, because I was doing, did my research before I came course, to meet you. Yep. Um, and I also, because I'm, I'm eating here tonight, which I'm very excited about. But um, I saw that your the first course was a tomato salad and then on the sample menu. Oh, yeah, the sample. We don't and, keep that updated very well. No, but that's, yeah. it's fine. But yeah. I just thought it was quite ironic because then in your um, bio, you literally say, yeah. I hate tomatoes. So yeah, I think that was a good marketing thing. So there's a surprising <laughs> yeah. amount of guests that ask me about my hatred for tomatoes. Really? So, yeah. Well, yeah. it's good, good to show it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, and any anything else that um, really interesting heritage varieties? Or um, he grows a lot of beetroots, which is kind of standard these days. But like, it's nice to get like different coloured beef mm. beetroots, the crepidine beetroots or Cheltenham beetroots. Oh, the uh, crepidine, the long ones, which mm. are quite nice. Um, I had an amazing crepidine um, from a fellow Yorkshire chef. Um, uh, Tommy, uh, Tommy Banks, Banks. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of made that dish pretty iconic now. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. pretty great. Have yeah, you, it's a lovely dish. Have you ever done a, a take on that? Or Well, no, I mean, the, we were doing the duck fat carrot um, quite a long time ago. I was going to say, when you said that, yeah. I was like, ooh. Yeah, not insinuating that Tommy ripped it off. No, 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 no. 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 <laughs> Um, but Bit no, Yorkshire rivalry there. No, not at all. No, God, no. <laughs> no, he's they're on a different scale, different level. Yeah, um, very, very different yeah. offerings as well. Yeah. But no, it's always nice to cook vegetables in animal fats. Yeah. Yeah. So. I I love it. So yeah. bring it on. <laughs> um, and you also make your own seasonal ice cream, don't you? That are kind of like little mini milks. I take well, on a mini milk. Yeah, I mean, we make all, everything that we serve here anyway. But um, during the summer last year, we it was kind of like an accident because we ran out of 
cream one day. So we just subbed in condensed milk to an ice cream recipe. Um, and then we were like, okay, this is actually really good because it tastes like a mini milk, which was one of my favorite lollipops growing yeah, up as a kid. absolutely. Mainly because it was like 15p, so I couldn't get 10. <laughs> yeah. um, so that kind of became like a thing that we did um, most of last summer and into the autumn. So we, I think the first one we did, we were looking at it the other day, actually, to find out what we're going to do this year. I mean, the first time we did it, we served it with some uh, preserved plums that Adrian grew from the year before. Oh, wow. Okay. So I think they, was, they were preserved in like a simple syrup with a little bit of star anise. Lovely. Um, it was really like really mm. simple, really easy to do at home. Basically just merge plums in sugar syrup and star anise, kiln and jar it up and you're good to go. Like, Great. How last, long for? I don't know. If, you, if they're sealed correctly, years. Amazing. Um, we had ours for about a year and they were fine. Okay. Um, tip for at home <laughs> uh, chefy hack at home um and then i think we served it with some korean mint from the garden which korean again, mint yeah so it's kind of like wow. it's got a mild very mild anise flavor a very mild um mint flavor obviously um and it kind of looks different to normal mint it's really really nice flavor um and then we made like a black bean syrup like a chinese black bean Fab. sauce syrup but obviously without the garlic and onion and it worked really well because you wow. had the cooling milk you had the hot spicy uh black bean and then the fruits and the mint to balance it it was a really nice dish i love that because um it's all made and grown in yorkshire but yep. it's really exotic so yeah i mean yeah people... i mean the black beans aren't yorkshire no but, well yeah uh, but uh, everything <laughs> i think believe everything else is on that dish would be probably within a 15 20 mile radius the milk included amazing um so yeah where do you where do you get your milk from um or would you rather not say <laughs> Uh, it slipped All my over. mind completely. I'm having one of those mind blanks That's at the moment. That's fine. I um, put you on the spot there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. I'm a little bit embarrassed about that. But, don't um, worry. Yeah. Let's go back to the to the garden. So cool. any any other um, really exotic things you're growing? Because Korean mint's quite unique. Um, yeah. I mean, Adrian's quite into growing like a lot of the more obscure herbs. So another one he did was um, Mitsuba from last year it's a japanese herb if you know if you've um um, it looks like the mitsubishi logo right okay um so they've modeled their name on the leaf so it's a three-pronged leaf it's got like a weird really complex flavor to it it's quite divisive okay can you have a go at describing it anisey lemony Mm. um green yeah, that's definitely that's definitely, yeah, that's a definitely a description um, and a little bit tart. Nice. Um, I'm going to Japan in two weeks, so I'll really? look out for it. Oh, I'm very jealous yeah. about that. You can You'll give have me a great some tips time. if you yeah. have any. Eat everything. <laughs> yeah, <my> <laughs> I'm already planning Just on eat it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's like so. You did you ever put that in an ice cream? That um, we no. tried garnishing the mini milk with it, but it was too divisive. Too, yeah. So what we did is, because um, during the summer, there's arguably too much herbs from the garden. So what we did is we batch made a load of like tea, cold brew tea. Oh, lovely. And we served that as like an introduction. So as soon as guests came into the restaurant on a hot day, they got like an ice cold tea. Fab. Um, so it could be anything from 10 to 20 different herbs in there. Um that's amazing. Which is really good. Like lemon verbena, we, we used as a base for it, so it's quite light and fresh. That's a lovely balance with a load of like actual acidity in there, which was really nice. Great. Yeah. Mm, so you do that every year in the summer. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a unique dish that I spied on your Instagram because I did a bit of stalking mm-hmm. um, <laughs> was a stunning Yorkshire rhubarb and Woodruff crisp dessert thing. Yeah. Can you <laughs> describe that to us? Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to describe because it's quite a visual dish. Um, 
Yeah, it's so it's basically yeah. like a, a rhubarb crisp formed into a like a cupcake shape. Into that is piped um, a woodruff custard. Uh, woodruff being like a wild herb that grows in this area, um, like anise. No, not anise. Why do I keep saying anise? Not everything. Because we had star anise, anise before. Yes. Uh, <laughs> almond, uh, like tonka bean and grass f- flavor to it. Amazing. It's really, really nice. Um, and is that grown round all uh, around We've got some on the estate, but we we use a, a local forager for that. Uh, Yorkshire Foragers, who's really good. Alicia um, is really good at providing us with stuff. Amazing. Um, that's made into a custard. And then there's some poached rhubarb and some coconut meringue in there. So it's quite a light, fresh dish. That, um, Fab. Yeah, it's really nice. And then with York, because obviously Yorkshire's really famous for its rhubarb. It is, do, you, yeah. do you grow your own? We grow some here, but um, it's quite quite a difficult thing to grow. Um, the kitchen garden can only grow so much. So we do get some forced rhubarb from them. Uh, there is quite a lot of non-forced rhubarb, which we stew down later in the year or make into a syrup or give to the bar to make syrups for cocktails and stuff like that. Lovely. And um, does does your rhubarb have any unique qualities that other Yorkshire rhubarb doesn't? <laughs> I mean, no would be no. the odd no. That's not fine. really. Like it's good rhubarb. Yeah. But like, yeah. I mean, it tastes nicer because it's fresher and it's like, it's could go from pick to plate in as little as a few hours yeah that's that really nice makes so the, much the, difference the access to the fresh fresh vegetables and fruits so, yeah. yeah you're very lucky yeah and then um, another thing that i saw on um, because um i love that you obviously you have that freshness but also you make other things like preserves and yeah. um syrups with yeah. your ingredients <clears throat> to make the most of it all year round and i saw that you were doing something with garden leeks and white balsamic yeah so again we got too many leaks through at the end of last year we didn't want to use them at the time so we just we cleaned them down and just preserved them in a a white balsamic pickle mix so it's like half white balsamic half uh water and some spices in there infused and then you just preserve it in the usual kilner jar way amazing have you used that yet no we're waiting um um callum's trying to get his um head around he's trying to get his battle meditation on so that he can get some leeks and some fish together but he's working on about 19 different things at the moment who's who's Callum uh sous chef Callum ah so all right yeah but it might go on a chicken dish that we're working on with morels and wild garlic oh delicious so we're just trying to source source the right chicken Ooh, at the moment. so when will the leeks be ready do you think they're, they're ready now they've okay. been ready like minimum three months in the pickle jars and then anything after that's a bonus really so okay. they're def- definitely ready Right, so if anybody wants the pickled leeks, then... Yeah, I mean, I'd be <laughs> surprised if people flock here for pickled leeks, but you never know. <laughs> that will show yeah, that it that'll, works. that will show me. That will make me eat my words a little bit. So, yeah, yeah if, if anybody comes... They'll um, be the finest pickled leeks in <laughs> 20 to 30 mile radius. <laughs> Well, yeah, if, if anybody wants to come and try the yeah. pickled leeks and other things, yeah. it's not all about them, um, then obviously um, you guys can book a table at Horto and it's at the fabulous running park which I live about 20 minutes away grew up here but I've never actually been so it's nice to get Shocking. an opportunity to come it's well, amazing it's lovely to have you here then yeah. So, yeah thank you yeah it's such a lovely place so come for the day go to the spa and then come for an amazing dinner absolutely yeah well thanks so much thank you very it's much it's great to hear all about all of the Yorkshire produce you're growing good we look forward and, uh, to serving you some dinner later yeah well, I'm excited no eggs though <laughs> no, no eggs no yes. eggs thank you <laughs> Hello. So I am up in the, just on the edge of the Yorkshire Dales, back to my home county, the best county. It's your home county, Alex. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm from um, 
uh, Boston Spa, which is near York. So yeah, um, and we're just outside the hamlet of Healy, which is lovely. And we've just had a beautiful drive up. So there's Brymore ice cream parlors very close by, right, isn't yeah. it? Um, and then lots of lambs are out already, which is very early because yes, we're yeah. at the beginning of March. And um, a lovely ke- like a kestrel just flew over. So it's very, very picturesque and uh, quintessential. So I'm here talking to Elspeth Biltoft of Rosebud Preserves. And so hello, Elspeth. Thanks for having hello, me Alex. here. Um, and Elspeth, you've been making preserves with Yorkshire Produce for 30 years, haven't you? 30 years this year? I have, 30 Wow. years in January just gone that's very impressive <laughs> and um so we're going to actually taste some of uh, your preserves um here and because you've been doing lots of work with foraging your own uh, produce but also collaborations with some great Yorkshire producers so it'll be really nice to have a bit of a chat about some of the producers you use but first of all I know the first thing that you ever made for Rosewood Preserves was your old Yorkshire chutney so can you tell us about how that came about it was really the the collection which now amounts to about um 55 to 60 items i think we started with about eight and um i wanted to include a traditional longer cooked chutney one of those dark dark, darker finished chutneys that everybody has a go at i suppose if you've got um, your own garden or an allotment etc so when I started, um, in my garden, my parents had um, an allotment and a garden and grew everything. And I made this chutney, and it may sound a bit odd because I was making chutneys. My daughters laugh. I was making chutneys when I was about 15. I think, oh, mother, well, that is crazy. Well, it's turned into a very successful business, so who's <laughs> laughing now? <laughs> so you would say, well, why did we start this? Because the things that we had available at that point would be plums in the autumn, bramley apples, um, onions, of course, and whatever tomatoes hadn't ripened would go into that chutney. And just to pep it up, I remember at the time, I think now um, I'm using um, fresh ginger. Probably cool, then I was lovely. using a powdered ginger, Alex, back yeah, in the sort of back in the day. 60s, back in the day. <laughs> yeah. So it was everything really that you would find in your garden allotment, but sort of pepped up a little bit with um, some chilli now particularly. I don't think I put chilli in then, but I certainly put ginger, put chilli in, a little chilli in now and ginger, of course. Great. And you, um, you have another product, which is the great Yorkshire pickle and that you really add to its richness and pep it up as you say with black sheep ale don't you so can you um because black sheep ale is very close in Massam isn't it it is um yeah we've actually got some open here so I'm gonna have a little try while you while you tell us about it (laughs) so I suppose um it I was really looking to make a pickle which included a, a true pickle really that included vegetables not just fruit or um, or root vegetables, I should say, Alex, really. Um, So in this, we've got um, tomatoes and onions, uh, but we've got also got swede and carrots, and then we've got dates, which I know is a fairly common product to put into pickles now, Um, a little chilli and um, light muscovado sugar. I always use unrefined sugars, by the way, Alex, so I'm always using cane sugars, either golden granulated or um, light muscovado. It's Um, really really crunchy, the the veg. just lightly cooked. And cut small, mm. so that to the bite, and then it's finished with our local um, beer, which in this case is um, Rigwelta, the real black sheep black sheep's Rigwelta ale. Okay, and, well, so um, what's that? So that that's a sort of it's um it's a beer it's of the beer family, but very hoppy. Okay, and and dark, and um, it just makes a perfect finish to this dark 
sort of it gives that richness it gives a sort of again it helps the molasses flavor yeah. to come through and the whole amalgam i think is well i feel it's i shouldn't say it about my own product but it's got a bit of a moorishness to it oh absolutely and also it? it's not i could literally i am eating off the spoon but i could eat that all off the spoon yes. because a lot of um pickles sometimes they're masked a bit by the they're all a bit of an amalgamation whereas this you can really like I can really taste the celery in this for example and like all of the different elements which is really important isn't it that now that is the best compliment you could give me Alex. <laughs> that's good. it really is because I think that's really what I want to demonstrate in a nutshell what I wanted to do and I know lots of people are doing it now but I wanted to prove when I started that actually you could make homemade products commercially and insofar as you could sort of up the quantities but you could still retain that homemade flavor mm. and you couldn't and I didn't ever want to I could bring the recipe book up to you now and I could say you will not see anything in the in the in that book that you wouldn't find in your own pantry yeah or and you're Brilliant. not going to find some emulsifiers emulsifiers or additives or anything like that it's all going to be lots of quantity and perfectly natural and hopefully just exactly as you said you can say i can identify mm. this this and this Definitely. but i think in this particular occasion it's lovely to be able to work we've worked with black sheep since the early 90s oh brilliant um, making products for them putting our putting our beers through uh, well putting their beers through some some of our products that they selected specifically to sell in their visitor centre. Oh, like what? Um, well, we did a, a Rigwelter marmalade where we added oh, layers to our marmalade. Fab, and okay. Those things were exclusively theirs, actually, for a very long time. So when we came relatively recently, we said, isn't it high time that we did something, collaborated with them mm. and made something that was from a, a business that is, well, the black sheep and uh, Theakston's businesses, the Theakston businesses as old as the sort of late 1890s um, and the Theakston businesses just about the same age as ourselves, probably a little older. Um, it so, wasn't the black sheep, it was one of the Theakston's... Theakston um, son, yeah, Paul Theakston. And he went broke off away. and the, he opened black sheep and it's literally on the door. <laughs> literally, yeah, it's really literally. funny. Yeah, I think everything's calm, cool and collected now. Between so the he's two like companies. the black sheep of the family, that's yeah. why it's called exactly. black sheep. Yeah. I, I thought that was a really funny story because I, I came up at Christmas and um, we went to the, the pub, the White Bear, yes. um, and... Um, I got told that story. I thought it was very, Great story, very, very yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a long history of working together, and but that's the truly most relatively recently they said, "Go for it. Take yeah. out beers. Amazing. Create something that is a collaboration between the two of us. For, you know, we're only four minutes apart. Fab. And also something else that we've got open in front of us, which looks very different but equally as delicious, is your Yorkshire rhubarb and ginger jam. So obviously Yorkshire rhubarb you're going to have to do something with that because you're in the you, do you get it from the Yorkshire triangle we do we always have I used to work very closely in the early days with David Westwood who is one of the few remaining growers David very sadly Alex is no longer with us he's oh. such a lovely man but um his Sarah and Jonathan his son and daughter now run the business oh that's lovely you like it's it it's not um, oh no, it's a lovely story that yeah. I'm also eating it as well. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> Elspeth just, thought I was saying it. Yeah, just but. a very, very nice man who who was very knowledgeable. The first time I ever emptied the force and uh, entered the forcing sheds was were his sheds, where he explained exactly how we how they pick the products in the dark. But um, this is so. This is what I would call it's delicate 
Alex, mm. because it's new, it's, it's forced rhubarb. Gorgeous. Just very delicate. Uh, whereas later, when the when the um, rhubarb crowns are grown out, outdoors and we buy their outdoor rhubarb, there's much more power of flavour. But I think we all love forced rhubarb. Mm. Our chefs love it, don't they? Yeah. We're all doing it's amazing used things everywhere. I actually went to Horto um, last night and they did a lovely rhubarb um, little tart to start with, um, with some... Uh, duck liver I think it was um but it was delicious it's so delicate in in puddings and savory dishes as well but what I love about this is you can really taste the ginger as well it's that adds that lovely rounded spice to it it's really warming um is there anything else in there it's very simple some lemon juice to it and then Mm. um it's just the preserved ginger uh, preserved in syrup which I think has got a a powerful flavor yeah you can definitely taste that it's um preserved ginger yes, it's got that lovely yeah. caramel not yeah. caramel crystallized has, taste is that has. taste that's right <laughs> yeah. um lovely and again just absolute simple ingredients and mm. i think the thing is a bountiful amount of product you know when i make strawberry jam which we haven't on the table today but it's got a very very high fruit content just simply the sugar and the um fruit itself and people say well how on earth do you get that to set and if you're not going to suspend it in some gelled whatever then you've got to put lots of fruit through mm. it to get well, the right viscosity really, you can really taste that there's a lot of rhubarb in that you know it's not been watered down or anything <laughs> excellent. <laughs> excellent um so speaking of um great producers in the area um we've got there's loads of things in front of me like wild crab apple jelly wild rowan jelly gooseberry and elderflower jam and i know you um forage all these ingredients yourself which is really lovely that you're still doing that um and the one I've got here is blackberry and slow gin jam and I want to talk about that only because you I want to talk about is it slow motion it is near the, the slow gin yeah yes. so Malton's how about, far about, about 50 minutes to an hour away okay so sort of southwest towards York and uh Claire and Jonathan made these lovely spirits and we, we thought we got on very well with them. We 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 really appreciate what they do. We think we're like-minded people. I know that they do gather some slow locally from their local hedgerows, so they work from a working farm. Is that around Malton then? It, it, it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so so, right. the, so their site is sort of their hedgerows, their farm is on the site of where they distill, and. Um, I just felt we were kindred spirits, really. Mm. And then we thought our, we thought as we worked together, we should really be a combination, a fantastic combination would be blackberry, or as we call it in the north, bramble. Bramble, uh, yeah. Bramble, yeah. <laughs> and uh, to, to add some, some slow gin to this product. So we knew that Jonathan was, when he removed the slows, which are steeping in his gin for X number of months, he was then making other products. He had somebody making chocolates, I believe, with some of the slow gin. So we said, can we buy some of that slow pulp? Which ah, of course so that would otherwise go to waste. Absolutely. And then, then we'd have some of the, of course, a, a, an element of, a large element of the gin through it. Ooh, lovely. So, so we add this slow ginny yeah to the end of the process and that's one of the important things when you're adding alcohol alex to products is that you don't want to be putting them in at the beginning of the process because otherwise it you lose you lose the alcoholic content which you do to a degree anyway when you're putting into hot product but if you want some of those fine flavors they need to go particularly with jams they go in at the very end and you're taking you're tricking taking a reading of your 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 set, your bricks reading, which is your set, and you're putting those in right at the very end so you don't lose any of that lovely natural flavour. Mm. 
Mm. Do you want to try Lovely. that one? Uh, go on then. I, let's let's have, have a little you... try. Um, just opening the little tin, little tin jar. Oh, it's a lovely colour. It's really again, bright. And, just again, completely natural. Just dependent entirely on mm. the blackberry and, you know, the um, the slow, which is in there, which the slow is a blackthorn. We've got a lot in the north. You'll know that living in the north, the blackthorn, the blackthorn flowers are white and just coming out now in the hedge. And last year was a fantastic year for slow. Ooh. Lots of local people are grabbing their slows to make their slow gym yeah, for Christmas I, time. Yeah, I must admit, I never, I've never been out foraging. I'd love to do it, but I'm a bit, Have you a never, bit scared of it. But, no. but, but gathering slow is a bit of a tricky business because they've got a very nasty thorn oh, on, on okay. the bow. Well, but, uh, I'll, I'll do it with, uh, with a guide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really delicious. It's really obviously, to state the obvious, it's really jammy, and, but you can really taste that delicate, um, the slow gin for the combination of yeah it's lovely i'm not um, i'm not really sorry interrupting you but i'm not really about necessarily because sometimes people say oh you can't necessarily taste the gin i think the thing is it's all no, about it's that delicate melting of flavors the isn't yeah. it? and getting the things to work well together mm. combinations of flavors and fruits to work well together yeah well you are an, an expert after 30 years <laughs> and finally very quickly um I want to talk about your collaboration with Ampleforth Abbey because you've got a cider marmalade here. Um, and I know um, we are big fans of marmalade. I'm, I'm not personally, but our editor was a judge in the Marmalade Awards a year or two ago. So that was a lot of fun. She tried a lot there. Um, and um, yeah, you use some Ampleforth Abbey cider, don't you? We do. In yours. So do you know about Ampleforth Abbey? Um I know a bit from the school, but I don't yeah. know much about their cider or beer making. Um, I I have not actually watched the process, so I've already sort of seen the end part. But I have seen particularly the part that I'm most interested in, I suppose, is seeing the apples grown. Right. And, and, and seeing the orchards themselves. Right. Seeing the orchards in bloom, seeing the orchards in fruit. And they have uh, one of the most northerly orchards, commercial orchards in the UK. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and they would have, um, I think there's as much as 40 different varieties of apple. Wow. So they wouldn't be all necessarily cider apple, but they would just be um, a combination of uh, principally um, a cooking apple and some dessert apples which they all put into combination to make their cider Ooh, and um it's it's they sell the cider in the shop and w w when we approached them to say you know that would be because we'd already made uh, marmalades with different sorts of alcohol finishes and uh, they were particularly we've made one or two products for them alex and they particularly wanted to have um this this product where we wow. add the cider at the end great well um i'll try that later um but yeah thanks so much for taking me through these i could try all of them and i'm sure you've got loads of amazing little stories and anecdotes about them all because i've already heard some more ones but i don't think we've got time but um if anybody wants to try um elspeth's preserves so rosebud preserves where can we where can we get them from you can buy them online yeah and you can buy them um in particularly sort of um the higher end um uh, establishments such as farm shops mm -hmm. that sounds rather snobbish isn't it i don't want no, to sound no, that way. but farm me. shops delicatessens stately homes um places like whole foods in london um, okay but so where you've got good quality food shops great they're, they're well there. i'll be going down to whole foods when i'm next in need of some slow gin jam <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot for having us thank you alex 
So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our new March issue on the newsstand now, or go and download the app version. Bye for now, and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.